Might as well jump. Yeah, go ahead and jump. Yeah, You know, sometimes you might as well jump. And I believe there is power in, in jumping. And the fact is that uh, that that power just will push us through, you know. And uh, the I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but I believe that jumping is a spiritual thing. I believe that it is an important part of following Jesus Christ. And I was a little surprised because I started doing a little bit of a searching. There are over 100 verses in the Bible where God's people are jumping. You know, King David, uh, he was one who did a lot of dancing, but he also did a lot of jumping. You know, David followed God with all of his heart, and he credits God for his successes. And you hear it in his words in the Psalms, Psalms 18, 19, that says, with God I can face any army. I can jump over any wall or any obstacle in life. The New Testament, it reflects a lot on on jumping. And one of the Greek words, uh, it's for rejoicing, is how we see see the word, but it's used often, and it's agaleo, which literally means much jump in life, much jump. You know, Luke 8, Jesus, he warns his followers that the world will despise you, hate you. And Jesus says, stand strong, leap for joy. Why? Because your reward in heaven will be great. One day, uh, Peter and and John, they're on their way to temple, and they're on their way to pray. And there's a man that's unable to walk that is begging for money, which was the only way you could support yourself back then. And Peter responds to him when the guy asks for, for money, and he says, I don't have any money, but I'll give you something better. And in the name of Jesus Christ, stand up and walk. And immediately, he was healed. And he didn't just get up. Scripture says he jumped up. And he headed to temple. And he's walking and leaping, literally jumping for joy and praising God. See, jumping. I mean, we're starting this series, Jump. And my hope and prayer is that some of you will take a faith step in your life, that you'll actually jump and do that. And and today what I want to do, I want to talk about developing a daring faith. I want to talk about having an all-in heart for God. I want to talk about a side of the church that I believe is kind of unseen, not talked about much. And I want to talk about some qualities of faith that require you and me to sometimes just jump. It just, you just do. And to kind of get us started, I I want to talk about the the parable of the talents. Uh, It's recorded in Matthew 25. Uh, Some of you might know the story. But this wealthy man's planning on going on a trip. And so he calls his servants together And he gives each of them some money according to their abilities. And so one guy, he gives him five talents. Another guy, he gives two talents. And another one, he gives one. 
And then he heads off on his trip. And we really don't know how long he's gone, but he's gone for a while. And so the first guy invests the money. He doubles the investment. And so he goes from five to ten talents. The, the second guy does the same thing. He doubles up, and he goes from two to four. And the third guy, he knew this talent was important, but instead of taking a risk, this guy plays it really safe. And so he digs a hole, he buries it, and he protects the talent. The scripture says that the, the guy came back. And I know just hearing what I've said so far, some of you, you've kind of zeroed in on the two guys that doubled their talents. You're thinking, yeah, sweet. That's, that's, I wish life was like that for me, that things would just double up. And I think it's easy in this story to kind of romanticize the investment of the guys that doubled the money. You know, to assume that the increase, you know, it, it came really easily for them. But there's an unseen side to this. I mean, the work, the, the preparation, the, the challenge. And, and that's what I want to focus on today and allow us to kind of see things with our eyes wide open, so to speak. And although I, I'm reading a little bit into the story, I imagine that the guys that doubled the money, that I imagine they spent some time praying, you know, asking God to guide them about what was the right place to to invest the money. I imagine they they studied uh, market trends maybe, maybe read some business journals back in the day, spent some time kind of struggling, leaning one direction, you know, hesitating, sweating, you know, wondering if it's the right decision, is it the right place to invest? And and at some point, they just jump. That's the unseen side of success. There's also that unseen side with the person that decided he'd bury the talents, I think. I mean, he may have been watching the other guys, seeing how they were investing. He's like, how can they be that foolish? It seems really risky. I'm going to play it safe, and I'm going to bury it and hide it. Owner returns from travel. The two guys that had doubled the money, he says, well done, good and faithful servant. And the one who played it safe who thought he was doing the right thing, he calls him wicked and lazy. And then he takes the talent from him. And he gives it to one of the guys that had doubled doubled the investment. Now, what I'm about to say will make some of you jump. But I would argue a lot of churches today are playing it safe kind of garden what they got. You know, they're, they're afraid uh, of taking risks, afraid of jumping. They're, they're burying the treasure, not, not taking those risks that are put before them. And, and can you imagine, I mean, when Jesus comes back, if Jesus were to say, you wicked and lazy servant, I mean, you guarded what I gave you, rather than taking faith risks with what I gave you. 
you know, risk. I mean, just thinking about that. I would argue, and this is just my opinion, okay? But I would argue today that people are not rejecting God as much as they're rejecting the church. I was reading some stats uh, recently, startling stuff, but 20 years ago, 45% of the American public attended church, which means they went to church maybe once every four or five weeks. That's considered attending. Today, 25%. 25%. A, a number of years ago, the, the amount of non-Christians and agnostics and atheists, that number's increased from 20% of our population to 32% of the population. It is a seismic shift, and it is staggering, and I believe it ought to be a wake-up call. And I, I've thought about this a lot uh, in recent years. I mean, why don't more people go to church? They've already been. Been there, done that, nothing happens. Why go? I, I think a lot of people are rejecting the church where nothing ever happens, which I believe should make our mission as a church crystal clear, and we ought to have laser focus, and that's to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And I believe for us to do that, it calls for us to take risks. We have to be a risk-taking church. You know, when you submit your life to Jesus Christ, you cannot stay the same. You know, when you submit yourself... When you grow in your relationship with God, I believe your purpose begins to crystallize. Eternity becomes very defining in your life. You know, reaching lost people with the good news of Jesus Christ becomes an imperative. I mean, when you see an opportunity to share your faith, you jump. You know, when you see a chance to help someone in the name of Jesus Christ, guess what? You jump. You take that opportunity. You're willing to do whatever it takes to point people to Jesus, to bring people into the family of God. You know, every week we, we gather. We gather why? Well, to worship God and to grow in our knowledge of God's word. That's what we're doing right now. You know, growing as we, we apply it to our lives. See, we, we grow when we do that. We grow when we connect with other believers, other followers of Jesus Christ. You know, we grow as we support one another and encourage one another in Christ. We grow as we use our talents, you know, serving on ministry teams. We grow as we build relationships with people that don't know Jesus Christ. And what do we do? We keep inviting. We keep loving them, supporting them, reaching out to them, helping them however we can. Why, why do we do that? Well, so they'll walk through the doors of the church someday. So that at some point they'll jump, make Jesus Christ their Savior and Lord. And they'll start growing in their relationship with God. See, it, it's our mission And it is a mission 
with eternal, eternal implications. Friends, as a follower of Jesus Christ, when you live in the presence of God, you cannot stay the same. You can't. You know, anytime there, there's a success story, you know, people go, I wish I had it that good. I wish that had happened for me. But there's always the unseen side to that. You know, for instance, uh, you see a great marriage. You go, I wish I had a great marriage like that. Well, that great marriage is the result of years of sacrifice, years of sacrificial decisions, years of, of growing through struggles, communicating. That, that's the unseen side of a great marriage. You know, you see someone that's uh, financially successful or strong in their life. And their success, unless they just inherited everything, is the result of years of living below their means, years of, of saving and paying things off, years of, of working really, really hard to get it. You show me anything, anything that's successful, and I'll show you the unseen side. And so what I want to do is look at the unseen side of following Jesus Christ, and you might want to buckle up on this one. You know, when you jump and you are faithful follower of Jesus Christ, when you're fully obedient to God, there is pain. There is pain. You should expect it. You know, Jesus said this in John 15. He says, if the world hates you, Keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I've chosen you out of the world. That is why the world, what? Hates you. <laughs> hmm. You know, some people will hate you because you're a Christian. Some people will reject you, will despise you, if you're being persecuted for your faith, I would tell you, don't worry about it. It means you're on the right track. But you should worry. It ought to be a wake-up call if you're not being persecuted or feel uncomfortable. You know, fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ will face pain. They will experience that in their lives. And here's the, the really odd thing I think about that is I believe a lot of people come to God hoping to eliminate all pain in their life. And there's kind of a, a false teaching in Christian circles out there that if you come to God, everything will be okay. In fact, everything will be great in your life. Friends, Jesus did not die on the cross so that you could have a pain-free, comfortable, safe, easy life. He didn't. He died on the cross so that you'd give your life to him, that you would live by faith in your life, that you would jump and take spiritual risks from time to time, that you'd die to yourself, that old nature in you that you would live in Christ, new creation. 
and you'd start living in light of eternity in your life. You know, Peter writes this, he says, so then, since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourself with the same attitude he had and be ready to suffer too. Hmm. There's a great slogan. Be ready to suffer. I mean, you don't, you don't hear that much, do you? But it's the unseen side of being a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. You know, as a Christian, you will be rejected. You will be misunderstood from time to time. You will suffer in your life. You know, Christ followers, this world is not your home. You're you're a foreigner, stranger, alien, Scripture says. You know, people people say things to me. They go, you know, things seem like they always go your way. You know, you got this great church and this great Christian family. It it just must be awesome. And And it is, it is. I would not trade for anything. I've said numerous times, it is an honor. It is an honor to be a part of Faith Fellowship and what God's doing through Faith Fellowship. But there's an unseen side. Do not kid yourselves here. There are difficulties from time to time. There is pain and stress from time to time. And as a leader, what I've found is there are some seasons that are more stressful than others, more intense. There are some seasons that the cost and the sacrifice are much greater for being faithful to God. But I understand something. If I want to be a part of something great for God's kingdom, it means experiencing pain sometimes. You know, the Hebrew writer says this, says, let us look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Christ followers, consider, consider it an honor to endure pain for the glory of God. It's a little different perspective, isn't it? You know, I've watched people through the years. I mean, I'll see, see how they live, and they, they call themselves Christian, but they get hurt. They take their ball and go home. Never see them again. Yeah, someone said something. You know, somebody stepped on my toes. And, and I want to say, grow up. Heaven and hell are on the line. The fact is you get your feelings hurt sometimes. You face pain sometimes. Brace yourself for that pain and stay in the game. Keep at it. There's too much at stake. You know, when, when you are no longer a consumer of God, but you want to be a contributor to God's kingdom, you start sacrificing for God's kingdom, and you do it knowing that there's pain ahead, and you're going to have to go through it. I mean, that's just the way it is. You know, when you, when you jump and you decide that you're going to be a faithful follower of Jesus Christ, it means there, there's going to be risks in your life. A lot of risks, by the way. 
You know, there's a, a great story. It's uh, found in uh, Acts, the 19th chapter. It's kind of kind of a humorous story if you look look at it. And uh, you got these seven guys. Where we think they're probably new new Christians or new converts to the faith. And and they've been seeing Paul and the disciples that are, that are they're casting out demons. And so these new, young, fresh Christians, they decide they're going to do the same thing. And so they go to the, the home of this guy that's possessed, and uh, they, they command the spirit to come out of the guy. They go, in the name of Jesus, the one who Paul preaches about, and they, these demons go, we know Jesus, and we know who Paul is, but who are you guys? story says the person who had an evil spirit jumped on them, overpowered them, all with such force that they ran out of the house, here's the humorous part, ran out naked and wounded. I mean, they, these guys took a beating. They, they, they took a risk and they failed miserably. Had to be embarrassing. You know, they got jumped. They got their pride handed to them. And if you continue reading... What you find out, and this is kind of amazing, the, the, the word about what had happened travels throughout Ephesus. And the majority of the city of Ephesus, because of hearing about it, bow a knee to Jesus Christ. I mean, in an odd way, the whole city repented. And if you know anything about church history, it resulted in one of the strongest churches in the New Testament, the Ephesus church. I mean, these guys took a risk. Yep. And they failed. But the name of Jesus Christ was lifted up and it brought glory to God. See, I think a lot of believers want to eliminate risk from their life. Paul, Paul says, we walk by what? What? Faith. Not by sight. We want to see things first. Want to know how it's going to play out. Want to eliminate all the risk that's involved. And God says, you can't please him Faith, faith that, that causes you to jump, do something. I mean, when are you willing to risk? Hmm? When is it? Uh, let's say I gave you a chance this morning. I'm not doing this, but let's just say I was. And you had it, you had to offer you a bet, 50-50, you know, flip of the coin type thing. You give me $100. If you win, you get $110, so a $10 return, all right? If you lose, I get to keep the 100 How many of you are jumping in for that one? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you, that's a bad bet, a really bad bet. But, but what if you gave me $100, again, 50-50 chance, flip of the coin, if you win, you get a million dollars. If you lose, you lose your hundred. 
Anybody jumping in? <laughs> yeah. The return's worth the risk, right? Now, I want to be really clear because I don't want anybody going out gambling. Poor stewardship. Poor stewardship. And it wreaks havoc on families and society. And I could go on and on, but we won't. See, I'm passionate about God. And I'm passionate about Jesus Christ. And I get excited about the church and the mission that God's given, uh, given to us. And I'll tell you why. Because I can't find any place where the return is greater in life. You show me something more eternally valuable, and I'll leave what I'm doing. You know, I'll pursue it with every bit of energy in me and passion that I have. But friends, it's it's not there. I mean, think about this. There are 7.9 billion, billion people on the planet. 7.9 billion. And many of them are waiting to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Heaven and hell are in the balance. And friends, there is no greater return than that. So why aren't Christ followers willing to risk more? I mean, why would we rather bury our talents and and play it safe? I mean, why is it that we would rather sit on the sidelines and not serve, you know? Why would we prefer to not share our faith? Prefer to, to hold on to the tithe instead of trusting God? I mean, why is that? Get more personal. Why are you afraid to jump? Whatever the area. Because it's too risky? The risk's too big? See, I I would argue that we have forgotten the return, the eternal return. You know, Jesus says it's more blessed to, to give than receive to give of ourselves. I mean, the potential return is absolutely beyond anything this world could ever offer you. And I believe the, the, the greater the risk in our lives is really holding out on God. I mean, some of you have forgotten heaven and hell are in the balance. And I, I absolutely know that every single one of you has someone that you love who does not know Jesus Christ. Every single one of you knows someone that that God's not at the center, not even close to being at the center of their lives. And for every one of you, that's true. I guess unless you've totally surrounded yourself with just Christians, and I'll just say that's pathetic at that point. We We are called by God, to share our faith with those around us. Why, why don't we share? You know, why, why don't we invite people? Well, I'm afraid what they might think. I, I'm afraid I might fail. 
okay? Have you forgotten what's at stake? Have you forgotten? There, there is, this whole topic so important. I mean, when, when one person gives their life to Jesus Christ, Scripture says all of heaven stops what they're doing and they celebrate and they jump for joy. You know, last week I couldn't help but think uh, that heaven was celebrating. I mean, 11 people that, that took a step of faith and were baptized into the family. Friends, have you forgotten the return? This church came into existence because a few people heard God's call and they decided to take a risk and to leverage what they had to change the world and to mark eternity. It's easy to forget what the return is, though. You know, this was a, a while back, but I was with a colleague, and um, he said to me, he said, you know, it seems like everything you do works. And he goes, I'm just curious, what are you going to do when you fail sometime? Now, I'll be honest, I, I was cracking up inside and trying to keep from laughing at him. And uh, friends, I, I have failed more times than I, I could spend all morning, well, I could spend all week uh, talking about all the failures. I can't begin to count them. I've said most, most of what you see around here has a basis with fail, failing, you know. We risked, we failed, we learned, we adjusted. You know, risk, fail, learn, adjust. That's how you get where you're going. In fact, I would say failure and risk built into our DNA as a church. You can't be part of something great without taking faith risks in your life. Sometimes you just have to jump and see what happens. You know, why, why, why would you do that? Because the return is absolutely worth the risk. You know, when you're, when you're obedient to Jesus Christ, when you put God front and center, There is no doubt about it. There will be loss in your life. You will lose things. You know, Jesus said this. He says, for if you want to save your own life, you'll lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. You could spend all week thinking about that one. Now I hear people that are like, I got to get a life. This, this isn't working for me anymore. You know, I, I got to find meaning. I, there's there's, there's got to be more to this life than what I'm experiencing. You know, m- maybe I'll get a new job. That'll, that'll do it. That'll fix it. Maybe I'll get a nicer house, a, a better car. You know, that'll do it. You know, maybe, maybe I'll, I'll get a different relationship different location. I'm searching for something, anything. Friends, end the search. End the search. Quit. Stop. You, you want to find your life. You lose your life in Jesus Christ. Then you find it. 
It's the unseen side. It's the great work of God. It goes against all conventional wisdom. You know, it's sacrificing. It's sacrificing is when you give up something that you love, okay, for something you love more. You know, there's a story, uh, Luke 5. It's captivated my mind for most of, most of my ministry, most of my life, actually. And you got some businessmen. They own a fishing business. It's probably been in their family for generations and generations. One day, Jesus shows up. He's performing miracles. And then Jesus asks these business guys, you want to change the world? Just as if you're, you're interested, you're going to have to lose your life. In fact, you're going to have to lose everything. And you're not going to catch fish anymore. You're going to do something more important. You're going to catch people. And here's what these guys did. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. Two words. Captivate me. Challenge me. Left everything. Left everything. Left everything. Left, left their family business. Left the security that they had in their life. They left everything and everyone they loved. They left it all for something they loved more, reaching people for Jesus Christ. See, loss, loss is the unseen side that we don't want to talk about often. Friends, you cannot be a partial Christ follower. I mean, just faithful when things are going your way. Just, just faithful, you know, if it's easy, I'll be faithful. Just faithful when, when the risks were really low. I mean, just faithful when I get rather than give. Friends, the only way, the only way, the only way to follow Jesus Christ is you jump in, fully devoted, where it's no longer about you. If there's pain, there will be. When you face it, consider it an honor to suffer. I mean, because Jesus Christ died for you and me. It's an honor. If there's risk involved, I'll take it. I'll do it. Because I really have faith that God will empower me and use me in that moment. And if there's loss, well, who cares? So what? The eternal gain absolutely worth it. Christ followers. 
what faith step do you need to take? I mean, this is my advice. Might as well jump. Go ahead, jump. It's God's plan for your life. You know, our, our mission, why we're here, is to help lead other people in a growing relationship for Jesus Christ. We gather, we worship, we grow. Why do we do that? So we can become stronger and reach more people for Christ. And we grow so we can reach more people for Christ. See how it keeps going around. You can't reach more people without growing. And as you grow, you reach out. Period. But you got to jump. You got to jump. Let's stand for a word of prayer. There'll be prayer teams down front, uh, you know, if you need them to pray for you. And I, I say this all the time, but I know sometimes we have new people here. You don't have to come down and pour out everything to someone. I mean, if you want to, you can, but but just say, hey, pray for me. Had something happen at work this week or got a, got a family thing or you don't even have to say that. Just say, I need prayer. And uh, they'll pray with you. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe God pushed on you you know there's some area where you need to jump in your life just give it to god say okay enough enough putting it off enough putting it off let's let's bow in a word of prayer our holy god god we praise you god i pray that um, whether it be pain or risk or loss lord that we'd stay the course. That we'd give you our full heart, our full attention. That we'd not waver. That we'd not get caught off guard. God, help us that when we jump, to jump with joy, knowing that you've got us, you've got a plan, that you're in the midst of it. God, I thank you for so many that have jumped and have taken risks, been willing to face the pain, the hurt, the loss, to give up those things that just get your kingdom moving forward. God, I thank you for those individuals. God, I pray that uh, we'd be willing to do whatever it is, Lord, you'd call us to do. God, we give you the praise name that's above every name. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. God's people said, let's, let's continue worship.